We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Divisional round, DraftKings, millionaire maker slate picks in preview by position. If you out there want to help out the show, please subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Smash the like button for this episode and give me your favorite non-defense of the week under $4,500 on this main four-game slate on DraftKings for the divisional round. Now, there's other stuff that you can do if you want to get into draws for pure American cash. What you can do is go search out Fantasy Hockey picks and bets it's a podcast it's on apple podcasts it's on spotify but apple is the only one that actually takes ratings and reviews so if you go do that if you go to fantasy hockey picks and bets the link is in the description of the video and podcast and you subscribe to that podcast leave a five-star review and then include either your twitter handle or your email address you're in a draw for 100 american dollars there's multiple of these draws so you have like one of two one of three chances of winning um well not one in three chance of winning but there's gonna be like three separate draws that if you're in it you're in them for all of them so please go do that help out the fantasy hockey show the new addition to mayo media network no i am not on it because i don't like hockey or pay attention to hockey but the people on it are very good so if you're interested in making some mondays this hockey season highly suggest you go check that Add that out. And the Dogger Pass podcast is back for the first UFC card of the year. That's up on Mayo Media Network right now as well. Please go check out everything. We got you covered over at Mayo Media Network. Joining me on the line to break down this football slate, Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com, who was one Ronald Jones away from a million dollars last week, probably. <laughs> Not quite that much. It was actually a Ronald Jones and a Gronk away from a nice payday. So the Gronk would have killed me anyway, but the Ronald Jones one, I was in full tilt mode that evening. I was turning things off and cursing out Bruce Arians and it was not, but Hey, made up for it the next day. And Oh, I, Hey, I didn't even tell you, I ran out of Taylor Haneke lineup that made money. Did you, was that your best lineup? Uh, no, this, the one that still needed Rojo. And that was 
still better even without a, even with a zero because I hit basically everything before that. So without Ronald Jones and Gronk, it still edged out the Tyler Haneke lineup by about I think it was like five points or so. Last Actually, week, I could just look. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Last week we did the two shows: one for the Saturday, one for the Sunday. I'm just glad we're back on to the main slate being the four game both day slate. I I just find that more entertaining than I have to. I. I I think I only ended up making like one Sunday lineup. I was all gung ho and fired up for Saturday. Then I just didn't do all that well. I was like, eh, I don't want to reinvest on Sunday. I'll just play one lineup and that'll be good enough for you. But now I'm like all jazzed up again with four games. Yeah, that's it's the four games is nice. I like playing both days instead of just one, especially because, oh no, the Heineke did out, outscore it by seven, 164 to 157. So there you go. There we are. Well, let's jump into this. Four games on the slate, some decent options. Let's start at running back for the week. If we go by the pricing, which is generally how we do things here, we have Elvin Kamara, number one, $7,900, $1,100 more than Aaron Jones. That's followed by Nick Chubbs and J.K. Dobbins at 6K flat. Those are your top four. Then we got Cam Akers, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I'm expecting to play, although he's not practicing yet. Ronald Jones, who, who knows, at 5200 <laughs> Le'Veon Bell at $5,100. Just completely glancing at this slate, thinking about value, thinking about who I need to have regardless of ownership. I think that guy's name is going to be Cam Akers at $5,700. I love this spot for him. If he can't get it going on the ground against Green Bay, and let's say they start falling behind in this game, then I'm not too worried. He ran a route like on 60% of Goff's dropbacks last week, and Green Bay got better against the run as the season went along, although I don't think there are any great shakes against the run. Just teams couldn't really do all that much running on them based on the score of the game, but they are horrendous against pass-catching running backs, and if Akers is going to be the one out there running those routes, I love him in this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Akers was the first one I noticed. Akers still under 6K is kind of confusing to me. Yeah, if you go back, look at some of the teams they face, too, to bring up your point about later in the season. So they had Dave Montgomery go off of him, off against them in Week 12. Then you had the mess of the Eagles' backfield with only giving Sanders 10 carries. Then you had DeAndre Swift in that backfield, which still both scored a touchdown between Swift and on Johnson. Then you had Mike Davis, who hadn't been as good as Mike Davis had been. Henry was pretty much the only one you could argue that they bottled up because 23 for 98 is disappointing for Derrick Henry. But then David Montgomery still scored a touchdown and had almost 100, no, about 132 yards. So they really, it was kind of matchups. It's also, I'd say that Derrick Henry is the only one. So even with all that, I don't see how Cam Akers just isn't going to be, he should be the most popularly owned running back. And there's not even a question in my mind about it. The other guys that you could potentially go to down here, like value-wise, if Ronald Jones doesn't play, obviously Fournette at $4,900 is looking pretty good. And then I've heard people throw around the term free square this week, Jake. Unfortunately, the name (laughs) next to that guy is Devin Singletary at $4,500 with Zach Moss (laughs) out. I, I completely understand it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think he's going to be very highly owned, but it always comes back to the point that we talk about in season-long fantasy football at the beginning of the year, and we talked about it very specifically with this Bills backfield to begin preseason, is that when push comes to shove, Josh Allen has taken that ball in himself. And that's that's twofold. Is 100%. We've talked about that a myriad of times, like you said, going back to the preseason. And I just pulled up Giovanni Bernard's line from the entire season because i think that's what you look at when you talk about this situation like the free square 
Well, I mean, it could be. I have one out of my three lineups I've done so far. I haven't finished, obviously, but one out of the three of a single Terry because of the price. You're only talking price and volume, but I bring up Geo because I said, you know, 13, 15, and then 8, 9, 8, 12, three carries against Dallas, 25, 16, three against Baltimore. That was the last game of the season. So you can kind of throw that one out there. I don't even think he was 100%. But, you know, you might get the 20 points, you might get six. And that's really what it comes down to. So I don't think it's a free square as in the free square insinuates that you put him in there. You're, you're getting a free spot. He should be in every single one of your lineups. The cost and the volume points to it, but the volume is not even a guarantee because he's not going to get, even go back to last year, he's not getting the goal line carries. He had what, three or four touchdowns last year? And that wasn't going to change this season, whether or not they drafted Zach Moss. So yes, I've heard the same term. Uh, that's why I chuckled when you said it. At the price, you have to like him, but I don't think he needs to be in all of your lineups. And I probably, I think, you know, I'm not done building, but I would say he'll probably only be in about, 25% of my lineups. So who do we think that the backup is going to be for the Bills? I saw they signed Devonta Freeman. Yeldon. I don't know. But Yeldon's been active for most of the games this year, but he's playing special teams. Who was the guy in week 17 that got all the run? Williams? Was it? Yeah, it I was, wasn't paying attention it was like some guy I've like never heard like, of before. I, I'm looking at their depth chart right now and he's not even on more important. <laughs> Oh, it's, I was paying attention to other games at that point. Which Williams? <sighs> I want to say I'm Andre looking. Williams, but I know that's not... I know it's not him. No, I don't even think he's on the team. I, see, I thought the net, because I don't even know who Williams Ant- is, because Ant- I thought the Ant- one behind. Antonio Williams had 63 yards on 12 carries and two touchdowns in Week 17 against the Dolphins. Is he still even on the roster? Because I thought Tywan Jones was up behind TJ Yeldon. I mean, he uh, per, I the de- per the depth chart he is, but in that situation, they didn't give Taiwan Jones. Taiwan a man. They gave him no run. I, I mean, I don't really care about the Bills' backup. I'm just curious <laughs> to see if someone else gets put into a role with Singletary where it's not like, oh, there's no Zach Moss. Singletary plays 98% of snaps. Maybe Singletary is like guaranteed to get 60, but someone else plays 40. Then it's really sure. not good. Yeah, I think that's, I'm looking, I'm seeing if he's, he's, is he on the practice squad? That's what I'm looking for right now to see if they threw him back down to the practice squad. Yeah, Antonio Williams is back down on the practice squad. No, it doesn't mean that they can't activate him to play. No, uh, you, no, you're not wrong. I'm just saying that's, I, TJ Yellen has been the only, I mean, to your point that, TJ Yeldon didn't get the touches, but I have not. Let's just walk away with the fact that you, what you said is who cares? Like who really well, cares? It only matters based on the impact that it may have on Singletary. I, I'm looking. I'm I'm actively looking for reasons to not play Singletary, so I need to come up with cons. <laughs> I think just the the reason to not play Devin Singletary is what we've already discussed. It's Josh Allen, and then the other options. Like we have other choices here. Like I don't want to touch Leonard Fournette, but if there is no Ronald Jones, then sure, I would. I if you gave me no Ronald Jones, I would take Leonard Fournette at his price 10 times out of 10 over in Devin Singletary. Not even a question in my mind. Like, I probably wouldn't even put Singletary in that lineup he's in. Uh, into your discussion before, as we're doing this show right now, Clyde Edwards Alaire did not practice on Thursday. Like, completely did not practice. That is not looking good. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. How do you think that the Chiefs' backfield shakes down if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not playing? Would you go with Daryl Williams? Would it be, hey, Darwin Thompson scored 30 DraftKings points in Week 17. Let's go with him. He might not even be active for this game, for all I know. So the Chiefs' backfield situation, it has not been generous to any DraftKings player, really, so far this season. But it could be a situation to exploit because the reason everyone's on Devin Singletary is because he's $4,500. Now, if Ronald Jones plays, you right. probably don't want to play Leonard Fournette at $4,900. Then you're really searching 
searching for options. Like, it's very clear that Singletary is just, like, the... He's the guy in the $4,000 range that if you could find a Chiefs guy in the $4,000 range and gamble on that, I mean, I would prefer to gamble on Gus Edwards at $4,200, even over Singletary, plus it's a leverage play off of him. But is there a Chiefs guy that you would not necessarily feel comfortable with because you won't feel comfortable with any of them, <laughs> but any of them. would you feel comfortable gambling on one of them? If it was me, I would go with Daryl Williams because he's 4000 so he's 1100 cheaper than Le'Veon Bell. And the two weeks before the week 17 where they yanked everybody. So it wasn't really anybody was starting anyway. So that's why I would throw the Darwin Thompson out the window. The week before when Edwards Alaire had his injury, Daryl Williams was getting the work and Le'Veon Bell has been banged up too. So it comes down to, I would expect with time off Le'Veon Bell is healthy, but if you're giving me a backfield of Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson, I think we already saw the answer. We saw it actually with no Edwards Alaire. Daryl Williams is the pass catcher, so even if it's a 50-50 split, which it probably is going to be, I'll take the pass catcher, and I'll especially take the pass catcher if he's $1,100 cheaper. Uh, in Week 16 against the Falcons, now that was a lot closer game than I think people may remember. They kind of eked that one out, had it on cruise control the entire time. Daryl Williams played 70% of the snaps to Le'Veon Bell's 30% of the snaps. So for $4,000... I think I would take that gamble over Devin Singletary at 45. And that's not to say that objectively Singletary isn't a better play. He might be a better play, but I really do think that his upside is capped. I'm with you. And really what it comes down to is if you get both of them scoring, that being Williams and Singletary scoring the exact same this week, you're getting a savings and you're also pivoting away from what should be a pretty popular option. So you're getting you know differentiation and savings at the same time. So Akers, Daryl yes. Williams, or Gus Edwards, depending on how it goes down for me. Now we need to find the guy at the top. Who is like the stud lock running back this week? Because I don't, you'd say it's Kamara, but it seems like he's going to have to do a lot of damage through the air. I don't know why they weren't throwing to him a whole bunch last week. I found that very confusing. He's very expensive. And then you get into the coin flip games of, is this an Aaron Jones week? I don't know. Maybe. If it is, he's going to be the guy that you have to have. If not, he's going to ruin your lineup. That is the entire Aaron Jones experience. Then you have Chubb, who could get into a bad game script really early if they don't jump out and keep it competitive. A lot like what we talked about last week with Pittsburgh. Either he's going to go off or he's not going to do much. And he absolutely went off, and he was involved in the receiving game, which was nice. And then your boy Dobbins at $6,000. I probably wouldn't play Dobbins with Edwards, but Dobbins has just been really good. Yeah, so if we're going up, if we're going in this race, so I, I would say Dobbins isn't necessarily up because Dobbins is close to Edwards-Alaire, who might, obviously, we already discussed, not playing. I think Chubb, Jones, and Kamara are kind of the big ones you'll be looking at. And honestly, I think some of it will come down to ownership and again it doesn't matter as much in the playoffs but i'm leaning right now camara i don't think he does need to do as much in the passing game what i think he needs to do is score and that's what it comes down to because we've seen this time and again tampa bay bottles everybody up actually the saints do it better than tampa has this year people have kind of been overlooking that that's why i'm not even that excited about leonard Fournette, even if it's all himself i think he could just have a quiet game in general and very much like devin singletary but camara scored in both games and it was actually miserable running the second time but they were also blowing him out in that second game i think it was 38 to 3 uh, and he got his pass opportunities in both games the second game also i think he had five receptions for eight yards or something like that so Kamara had a touchdown in both. That's all I'm caring. You know, Kamara just needs to score. And I think he can. And I think that's what you go for. And 7,900 to bank on a touchdown seems risky. 
But because I think the price, because I think the concern of the Bucks offense, I think people are going to be off of them. And I'm just going to take a stud. I'm just, you know, I'm going to, you mentioned seasonal. I'm going to compare it to seasonal. Like, trust your studs. I'm just going to trust Kamara and this offense to get him in the end zone and get him at least 60, 70 yards. I'm curious to see how the ownership actually shakes out. I'm just looking at early ownership projections. If you want to find everything, go to ftndaily.com. Only a few weeks left, but you're going to have your optimizer for all the showdown slates, the two-game slates, the four-game slates. All the ownership projections are up there right now. Use code Mayo. Get yourself a discount. And because there's only three weeks left of football highly discounted as it is then you get an additional one on top of that as well and code mail works for any of the packages like the hockey package that meanie is running this year it's fantastic so looking at the ownership not one guy really stands out to me to tell you the truth in terms of ownership it seems like acres is going to be very popular but at his price i'm good with eating that ownership uh, and then Kamara and Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb and J.K. Dobbins appear like they're the two that are going to fall through the cracks. If you say if you're just paying up to try to get that touchdown, isn't like Dobbins a lock for a touchdown right now? Uh, he has been, but that's the downside of Dobbins. If he doesn't score the touchdown, he's very much like Marquise Brown, his teammate. You know, OK, 60, 70 yards. And I think one game for both of them over the past couple of weeks has been a game where they hit 15 or so points without a touchdown. So, yeah, that's what you're banking on. So you can make the same argument for Dobbins. And I'm sure that people out there will be like, well, if you're going to make that argument for Kamara, I'll just take the savings and go for Dobbins. And I completely understand it. Uh, it really comes down to the Kamara opportunity is I know that if, look, he breaks this slate by pulling a Christian McCaffrey, maybe it's two touchdowns, even himself. I think the first game of the season, he scored two touchdowns. The yards are probably not going to be how he does it. But if you're telling me who could get the two touchdowns or who could surprise and get me 120 yards and one touchdown, it'd be Camara over everybody. So that's why. But if you want to go with Dobbins, it's certainly like, it's going to be really coming down to for everybody. Do you want Akers, Camara? Do you want Akers, Dobbins? Do you maybe want to play the game of picking which Browns does it? And for everybody out there, you know this as well, is it wouldn't be, well, I expect them to be down, so I'm going to Kareem Hunt. Because look at the games. Kareem Hunt's not catching the ball anymore. It's it's Nick. They're using Nick Chubb and that just last game. They blew out their well for the first half. They were blowing them out. Pittsburgh started coming back. Kareem Hunt had, what, one catch, and it went for the touchdown. But the other catches went to Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm off of Kareem Hunt this week, despite the revenge narrative against the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there a <laughs> secondary option outside of potentially Gus Edwards because of that price point that you would think about going to here? Like, is Jamal Williams live at all? I don't want to really want to go against the Rams defense. That's really what it comes down to. That's why I'm hesitant of Aaron Jones, is that the fact that you're going against that front and Aaron Donald's healthy and said he's going to be out there. That that's my biggest concern. If you want to go that route, but it, it, there's just other options that I would rather go. Like save the four hundred. I'd rather go to the other Williams. I'd rather go to Daryl Williams for four hundred cheaper than to go with Jamal Williams. It, it could happen, but I wouldn't bank on it. I would just find a different option. If Ronald Jones plays and like he gets the green light, like he's actually going to play this week. No Nothing one's to do with him. no one is going to use him because he screwed everyone last week. But do you think that provides enough leverage where you can go to him? No, because he's going against the Saints. So, no, I, I, mean, I, it, I would not. It, yeah, but it eventually gets down into a situation where, you know, I'm looking at the draft, the, the large DraftKings Millionaire Maker Contest right now. It has 205,000 people in it. If you can get a potential starting running back, regardless of matchup, I'm not too concerned about the matchup, but if I can get him for like a 5 to 8% owned on a slate like this, I think that would be a calculated gamble to take if you knew that he was actually healthy enough to play. 
I still wouldn't. There's no way. I, I, everybody else can. There's. I will have zero whether he's starting or not. I will have zero Ronald Jones. That's not just the bitterness from last week. I've, you know this. I've been doing how many shows with you through the ranking show? I refuse. I will not use Ronald Jones unless I want to just burn money. And you know, it might work. Fine, do it. It works one out of five times because you can't predict the matchups. You can't predict Bruce Arians. You can't predict if he's going to fumble on his first touch and never see the field again. So I understand your argument at the 5%. I'm just not going to do it because in my mind, I'm burning my lineups that I put him in. I would have more confidence in Jones against the Saints than I would Fournette against the Saints. If there was no Jones? Yeah. And so, uh, I just that's where I, we differ. I, I, just think, I, just, I, just think, I just think that Jones is better than Fournette. He might actually have a chance. I don't disagree. Fournette sucks, and the Saints are going to bottle him up. Uh, see, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but we've also made this whole argument of like, oh, the Buccaneers can use Keyshawn Vaughn or all these other options in the pass catching. They, they still don't even do that that much. I'm going after the Buccaneers running back for one thing, the LeGarrette Blunt scenario. That's what we want. We want two touchdowns. Just get us close to the goal line and just steal the touchdowns from the pass catchers. So that's why I, I don't think Leonard Fournette's that much different than Ronald Jones. Talent-wise, I 100% agree with you. We know Ronald Jones is the better player. It just comes down to use. It comes down to Arians. It comes down to this offense. And I honestly don't think that like Tom Brady's not going to go out there and try to throw. We, he He's the one tweeting out the picture of him and old man Breeze. He's the one doing it. He knows what this means. He knows he's He's going to go out there. And he's not going to take this lightly. They limited him the first two matchups. I think he's going to go out there trying to throw. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Crappy weather, dark out early, pandemic. All these things have severely affected my life, and it's not great. Well, I mean, it's okay, but it could be a lot better. I'm not going to lie to you. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. This is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. This one about Yoon Hee Thomas. She clearly knows her field well and is able to assess what I'm saying and pose questions that make me think deeper. She has a great approach. Get to get Yoon on the line, all right? Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mayo. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Mayo. Let's move to wide receivers. Uh, no shocker, Devontae Adams is at the top. I'm very curious to see where his ownership comes in at, potentially squaring off with Jalen Ramsey, which is going to freak out a lot of people. It did last week with DK Metcalf, and then Metcalf was a guy that you needed to have in your lineup when all was said and done. $8,600, that's 6000 or $600 more, sorry, than Tyree Kill, who's going against basically no defense against Cleveland. Diggs, yes. 
is the only guy in the sevens. Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Godwin, the guys in the sixes. Then it drops down to some of the Rams guys. You got Robert Woods. Uh, Cooper Cup is at 5,300. Is Cooper Cup going to play? We still don't know. Okay, so we'll just put a pin in him for a second. Jarvis Landry and Antonio Brown at 56 and $5,400. As Paul pointed out to me before the show when he was making these graphics, and I tend to agree with him, just looking at all of the good receivers that are left in the playoffs, uh, you might want to construct your team around passing and great receivers. And I would agree, especially for one thing, you brought up the Devontae Adams. And it's not just Jalen Ramsey, because we know that Darius Williams is terrific, too. And honestly, the two of them can eliminate Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the equation and still limit Devontae Adams. Really, what it comes down to is you know, it's the DK Metcalf is a perfect example. You bring him up is most of the season that doesn't happen. Every once in a while, it still does. You look at Alan Robinson the first time. Allen Robinson going against, I bring up the Packers, Jerry Alexander. Allen Robinson, the first time, wasn't a great yardage game, but he got two touchdowns. The second game, turns around, he got shut down, mostly. So it could go either direction. So that's why I would say I'm not 100% off Adams. But $600 cheaper, the Browns, this has been brought up by a lot of people, a lot of stats, diving, and everything like this. The Browns give up some of the most in the league go routes and big plays to wide receivers. Guess who runs almost the most go routes in the league? Oh, that Tyree Kill guy. So if you're going here, I'm going to take the $600 savings and I'm going to go for Tyree Kill to burn this defense and possibly do it two times. And you didn't get to him yet because he's in the $4,000 range, but Sammy Watkins also missed practice today being Thursday while we're doing this. If he's out, you get into the conversation of Demarcus Robinson and Michael Harbin. Well, again, I'm going to go for the go route guy. And I might even have some Nicole Harbin there because I'm tacking what the Browns give up a ton of. And honestly, in the same conversation, the Chiefs actually do give up top 10 for the go routes as well. So there's a lot of big play opportunities in this game. I think that if Watkins plays, Hardman is an even better play than if Watkins sits because people won't use Hardman if Watkins ends up playing because they'll be freaked out by the amount that he's going to be on the field. But we're only really there to get three go routes to him. And if he catches two of them, right. he, he wins you all the money. You don't think that DeMarcus Rod there'll be enough people on DeMarcus Robinson still? No, people love Hardman. <laughs> That's true. They always Ver prefer Har Hardman, to play Michael Hardman. Like Robinson is always is like week after week consistency if Watkins misses time. He's generally the better play, but the big weeks always tend to go to Hardman. It just happens like once yeah, so every four times. So maybe that's what we hope. Maybe we hope we get a less than 100% Michael Harmon or Sammy Watkins, and then you can get Michael Harmon in there. He was $3,900. So that's a nice savings there, which in that same game to go to it, you know, Rashard Higgins is in play. We, I know we're not down there, but we, I've already brought up the topic. Shard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones for big plays on their ends because similarly those go routes, those nines and stuff like that. But again, at the top, I'm going for Tyreek Hill where I can slide him in there. Uh, Stefan Diggs is never a bad play. And then... You know me. I don't know how Michael Thomas bounced back. First game back, looked good, scored a touchdown. I know it wasn't 120 yards and a touchdown for Michael Thomas. But you're going to give me Michael. I'm going to say the same thing I told you last week. You're going to give me Michael Thomas sub $7,000. I am going to find Michael Thomas in a lot of my lineups. I can see that. I think it really depends on how you allocate your money at running back this week because you know you can't get into a situation where you can just pay up for all the best guys. And he, oh, despite the fact that he's sixty seven hundred dollars, uh, he's still rather expensive. In I terms have of, in terms of this <laughs> slate, so I would rather have Diggs a hundred percent because I'm not playing Drew Brees, which takes Michael Thomas out of my player pool a little bit. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm looking right now. I have a team with Hill, Thomas, and Landry, so. 
you can definitely do that with the savings and even slide in. I'm looking at the lineup completely. There's another good priced wide receiver even in there. Do we know if I know this is a really strange question, but do we know if Kaderil Hodge is going to miss this week again? And that's not a strange question because Kaderil Hodge was out playing Higgins before he got hurt. And then Higgins took off when Hodge was missing time. I don't know. Hodge has been weird too. Also, I think he didn't, he play last week, no, but he, he was, wasn't, he, he was that much. He, he was COVIDed last week. He was one of the guys who tested was positive he? for COVID. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's the one that got COVIDed twice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got COVIDed twice. Oh no, he has been uh, active. He has been activated from the reserve COVID list. So on these sorts of slates, you need to find the one guy who goes off for you uh, and no one else has. Like I didn't even know if Daryl Hodge was playing or not yet. I haven't been listening to too many other people, but that would be a guy I would be looking to target. I like you know I like Daryl Hodge. I'm trying to see what was the last game he played uh, a few weeks ago, and, and he was second. He was more than Higgins in snap share and targets, I believe. Was the Donovan Peoples-Jones out there as well? I believe so. Let me. I, I can do the deep dive on this if you want to uh, pontificate on some of the other cheaper wide receivers. I, I can. <laughs> no, I'm just. Up. I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm pulling up Kaderil Hodges' game. Like, yeah, he played in Week 17. That's what I thought. He played in Week 17. And he was he like, all right, in week, week 17, wasn't he? No, it was just two for 25. Okay. Two what, targets, two catches, 25 yards. How are we um, looking in terms of his snap share versus everyone else? I got to add that stat to it. So give me a second. To add I, I'll, 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 also, I will look that one up and go. No, because it. I could just add routes run, which is what I was adding routes run 12 in that game, three against the giants. That was the other one in week 15 where he didn't that's, do anything. That's a game where he, that's Jackson, a game where he pulled his hamstring. Right. And then Jacksonville in week 10 was 11. So basically week, or week 12, week 11 against the Eagles was the last time he was really out there as the top two. That was 18 routes, and he was the second most used wide receiver in that game. Three so, for 73, too. So in week 17 against the Steelers, when he was active, Landry ran, uh, played 74% of the snaps. Higgins played 71. So those are going to be your two guys. Kaderil Hodge doubled up Donovan Peoples-Jones' snap count. He played 42% of the snaps to 21%. So Peoples-Jones is, so Peoples -Jones is off, the, off the radar if Hodge ends up playing. And like he's the mid. He's $3,000. And it seems like Njoku's banged up as well. He might not go this week. Maybe that they might get Harrison back on the field because he'll be back a little bit as well. But I'm trying to find the one outlier guy this week. Because just looking at it from down in the $3,000 level, like Hodge is down here. It could be Boykins. Maybe it's one of the Saints guys, whether it be Marquez Callaway if he ends up going. Maybe it's Traquan if he ends up back. Maybe it's Lazard. Everyone's going to be on Harris. Everyone's going to be on Harris. It's probably a good spot. I don't know. What do you make of Harris? I'm not on him. He was out there for 14 snaps. Yes, it was seven or seven, but I think that was just more of a matchup play, and you're still good. Unless you told me De Deontay Harris has surpassed Callaway and or Smith, I I'm just not going to bank on that back-to-back -back weeks, mostly because, like you just said, and I agree with you, and that's why I said his name, is because people are going to be on him because of what just happened. It's kind of the argument from back in the days when Kenyon Drake was with the Dolphins, like, just give him more opportunities. So everybody's going to be like, well, he just did that with 14. So imagine if they give him 25 or 30. And that's why. So I'm more looking at the other names you threw out there is some of the interesting ones. You know, I think might be even interesting at 3,300 is Willie Sneed. It's, like, I, I was it's funny you say that because I'm just efforting the Willie Sneed, Willie Sneed snap share from last week. That is a name that I do like. I think that, and 
when you play these small slates, you almost have to, it's basically like hitting a four, four game against the spread parlay. Can you figure out how all four of these games are going to go? And then once you commit to that's how you think it's going to go, you can pick your players around that. Now I said Gus Edwards, but that's more of a savings type of thing. Cause I think that's a pretty nice value, but I think that the Bills score a lot of points in this game. And if that's the case, Willie Sneed's going to have to be used on the bring back there. No, 100%. And I think that a lot of people are going to be Marquise Brown, obviously, because he hasn't stopped since about week 10 or 11, somewhere around there. So who else do you go to? You know, people are looking at Des Bryant or Miles Boykin. But the one that has like the volume opportunity, he's done it two or three times this year and against Buffalo. But Willie Sneed could be that sneaky game changer one and for a hundred dollars cheaper than him if we get a limited cooper this is similar to the Michael hardman situation if we get a almost decoy version of cooper cup similar to the situation with sammy Watkins, then maybe josh reynolds at 3200 comes into play as well do you like you prefer josh reynolds over van jefferson I was just—I was trying to pull that up while we were talking. I was trying to find out who was out there more last week. <laughs> well, la- last week against the Titans, although it didn't really show up in the box score. If you look a bit deeper, Willie Sneed ran or was on the field the second most of any Ravens receiver behind Hollywood Brown. So that is somewhat encouraging that he was still out on the field. Will, uh, Hollywood Brown played seventy-one percent of the snaps. Willie Sneed played sixty-five. Boykin played sixty-three. And Des and Duvernay. We're down at 14 and nine. It just, it see, I feel like it seems like Dez is on the field a whole lot more than maybe you think just because <laughs> it's Dez Bryant and you notice that he's out there. And if he does anything, he's scoring a touchdown also. Yeah. But I mean, if I he mean, doesn't score a touchdown, he has zero points. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, I'm trying, I can't find it. I'm trying, I'm trying to pull it up. Do you have who was out there between Reynolds and Van Jefferson more last week? Uh, I can look that up for you within the next eight seconds, if you would like. <laughs> well, the site I'm on only had those the regular seasons. I haven't been able to switch over. Sad. To the playoffs. You need a better site. <laughs> I mean, it does, but it's on a completely different tab. So I'm trying to chew up time while you look. Uh, that's fair. Robert Woods, 97%. Cooper Cup, 86 Josh Reynolds, 59% of snaps. Nah. Simba Webster, 3%. Van Jefferson. Bom, 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 bom. Zero. Zero. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, I, I, I only felt that way because somebody tweeted me and it's like one of those ones where you see it say, is Van Jefferson dead? Like, like hope not. That'd be sad. Like, <laughs> I know. Why does everybody always make that joke? It's easy. Everett actually, uh, Higby played 86%. Everett played 54 So They were playing a lot of 12 sets last week. So that's why you ended up seeing it. I, I, I don't know if Cup's going to end up going here. Uh, which maybe that would lead to more Van Jefferson. Like 0% of people are going to play Van Jefferson because of this. But if Cup is out, I would guess that he ends up taking over that like 59% Josh Reynolds role where Reynolds get bumped up into the Cooper Cup role. I don't know if it would be 59%, but I think it would definitely increase. I think the problem is Jefferson usually was falling into like the 35-40%. Do we want – well, here I I guess the other question too is Walford's out, Goff's starting – yeah. Do you trust that Jared Goff's thumb is good enough to make any of these throws? No, of course not. I mean, you, you saw the game. <laughs> we saw the fact that that one throw that came out of his hand and went like straight down behind the offensive line um, or I, in front of the offensive line. It, the, it's just, it looks bad. They already announced on Wednesday he was starting the game, so that gives you a little bit of good feeling about his thumb and his throwing hand. But, well, they, but they also just ruled course. out Walford too, so they might have known that was coming. 
on top of it. So yeah, that's what I, was, I, said, I don't. I don't know. I don't trust. Obviously, but we're talking about dart throws in this area. That's we're not saying build all your lineups around Josh Reynolds or anybody on the Rams outside of Cam Akers. No. So I think straight up best value that's on the board here. I know we've talked about some fringier options if you want to get a bit crazy, but Richard Higgins at 4,100 is probably the best overall points per dollar value on this slate. And I think a lot of people are going to be on Richard. I, I, I agree, but I, I think that it's going to be really hard to avoid. It will be. I, I will say one of the ones that I do also like quite a bit for the price. I really like Cole Beasley. I, I keep going back to him time and again. You beat Baltimore over the middle of the field. I know he's got the questionable tag, and we got to make sure he's 100%, all that type of stuff. But this is where you beat the Ravens. They've been beat up there all year long is over the middle of the field. Cole Beasley could come out of this game with eight for 110 easily. Oh, I agree. And, like, I'm trying to think, like, sometimes the best way to approach trying to find, like, the lower-owned or the cheaper wide receiver in a small slate like this is who has the best offenses on the field? The Chiefs have the best offense. The Bucks have the best offense. The Bills have the best offense. My, and I guess the Packers at the same time. Like you might as well just play MVS and hopefully he catches the wide open bomb that he's going to get. <laughs> that's that's what you're hoping for. He's in that same conversation like the Michael Harmon and, and even a Higgins or even a Kaderil Hodges. You're hoping for the big play because Williams is probably going to lock him up most of the game. Him and Lazard. I mean, Williams could probably guard both of them at the same time, honestly. But when it comes to Cole Beasley, like he's a cut above all of those guys, and he's only forty nine hundred dollars. Even John Brown, like John Brown, had his chance last week, and maybe he's someone revenge game. By the way, for John Brown, uh, forty six hundred dollars. I doubt, like I doubt, many people will go to Brown or Emmanuel Sanders in this game, and this could be a spot to live in because we know that both those offenses are should be ones that score some points. And I think a lot of people are going to be off Emmanuel Sanders just because Michael Thomas is back. And honestly, it might just be best to stay away from him. So if you're going to go that route, I would rather go John Brown because Emmanuel Sanders before Michael Thomas was missing time was essentially doing nothing just because it's the Saints. It's Kamara, Michael Thomas, occasionally Jared Cook, and that's about it. We didn't talk about this. Are you more inclined to come on the Kamara side of things if Latavius Murray is limited or even out? Yes. I didn't know if that excuse you or you were going to say, I'm going to stay away now because everybody's going to be on. Camera. No, no. I just every time that we've seen one of those two guys be out, and this even went back to when Ingram was in that backfield, that awful Mark Ingram, who's not even good enough to be active for the Ravens anymore. It brings joy to my heart. But when one of the guys is out, just 100%. automatically play the other guy every time. You will not lose money. <laughs> Completely. And the interesting thing, real quick to go back to, since we're talking about it, you, you threw Landry's name out there among the things we were talking about here. If I'm going that route, if I'm playing the one off, I wouldn't, even though it might seem appealing for him of like, hey, this could be a high scoring game. Go back to what we were saying about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are almost as bad as the Browns. And if you look at their game log, most of the big games are from outside wide receivers like Mike Williams had a good game. Tim Patrick had his two touchdowns against them. Uh, who else? Curtis Samuel. I think his was on the outside when he had his. But if you look at most of their games, it's outside wide receivers doing stuff against them. So conversely to the Ravens, where you want to attack the middle of the field, if you are going to go because we keep bringing up Higgins and Hodge, that's the where you really want to go in this game. And you might even because I I know we're not at quarterbacks yet, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of people paying down for Baker Mayfield to attack this game and get both sides of it. And they're going to put Landry in and Higgins in there and it might be an interesting play to just go Higgins and Hodge and fade Landry off of it 
I mean, that's the potential, too. Austin Hooper probably gets into the mix, too, just because he's such a big red zone presence that if they do pass four touchdowns, he could be the one soaking a lot of that up. That's also the tricky thing about Landry, too, is that he gets utilized inside the 20 a lot more than those other guys, that you could be giving up the touchdown equity that comes along with him versus a Hodge or a Richard Higgins in that factor, although we know that the running backs are the ones that they're going to try to go to, but... I guess outside of last week, just watching the Browns every week, like they're horrendous from the two yard line running the ball. I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they have been for the past two years. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. About Nick Chubb last year. So yeah. at the top, Hill over Adams, Hill over Diggs, because I think I would go Hill, Diggs, Adams this week. But maybe you could try to play at the all- top. That's yeah. That's like, how if I, would if I was just well. taking the price out and, or even with actually with the price factored in, I think that's how I'd go. Obviously, Adams is like if you were just starting people and there was no price, you just start Devonte Adams because DK got his DraftKings points last week. Because here's a fun fact about shadow corners: they're not on these guys every single play. DK caught his touchdown. Well, not on Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it's like. I mentioned Williams and how good he's been playing, but he's not Ramsey. He's not Jared Alexander. He's that next tier of guys kind of like a James Bradbury for the giants is in like really good top 10, 12, but he's beatable. And at times, uh, so you could get the hit right there. So I understand it, uh, but I agree with it for the big, for the top end, it would be Hills, Hill digs Adam. And the thing with Adams is that's why I brought up Allen Robinson with Adams. It's the fact that it's not just, he can get away from Ramsey and potentially beat Williams instead is the volumes probably going his way as well. Like Aaron Rodgers is not going to concentrate all his efforts to Valdez, Scantling, and Lazard and only throw four balls Devontae Adams' way. Here's the funny thing. I think the Rams are going to win. That's a popular pick. I'm, I'm is it a popular pick? I, 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 see, I, I, I see. I'm looking at the popular the, sentiment. The, the handle on the money right now, uh, no team is more bet on than Green Bay this week. <laughs> see, but I feel... Okay, maybe it's just watching our industry... It's the same thing where I said, I, I, this is why I was on the Buccaneers last week. I'm still on the Packers this week. Although I do actually now this week think the Rams cover, unlike the situation. You, you, you would have lo- lost money on the Buccaneers last week because Washington covered. No, I did. I, I actually picked the Bucs to cover. And I went four for six last week and covering for the spread in the article. So um, did, I, did, I do did, think did the Rams you, cover. Hold on. Did you, did you give yourself credit for that Bucks win that wasn't a win? Are you pulling a Tim Andercast? What do you mean the Bucs win that wasn't a Bucs win? The Bucs didn't cover last week. They did if you bet at the end of the beginning of the week. What number did you get? It was at, I don't bet. I can't bet in Virginia. I just told, I did the article on Monday. But what was the the spread that you used? It was six six and a half or seven. I put seven to be generous. Wow. I don't know anyone who got that number, Jake. Come on now. (laughs) I pulled it up Monday morning. Okay. Sure you did. I I I saw it at eight and a half almost all week. Okay, I tell, I'm telling you, when I actually it was Sunday night, midnight is when the article published. Okay, well, if you jumped on so those, you if you get on the advance line, you got a lot of value on that advance line. That's, that's, no. a, that's a good and, play and by it ended up, And it ended up pushing at 8. There were still some places that were 8. eight. I mean, it was at 10 by kickoff. In, <laughs> was, it, not, was it everywhere it was 10? It was, I don't, it was, I it stopped, was 9 and a half or 10 by the time the game actually came around. Okay, well, I stopped checking on Friday or Saturday. You can go back. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll even... I'll. I wish I would. I, do I have a screenshot? Can I go back to it? I'll see if I can find it. I don't know. You, you see if you can find that one for me because I want your book. Uh, tight ends. Actually, no. Tampa Bay receivers because we <laughs> just did. We didn't. Even, I'll tell you the site I used. I don't want you to mention it unless it was DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't want it being said on the show. 
Okay, then fine. I'll tell you after this. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I don't want to get sued over here. Come on now. Uh, Tampa receivers. Evans, Godwin, Brown. It's not a great matchup against the Saints, but it's still this offense, right. which is incredibly good. Uh, it's not like they're going to score zero points here. They could score 40 points in this game. What do you do with the Tampa receivers? Because I can't get these guys right. I would think that the game theory move is to play Godwin because everyone watched him be awful last week. Everybody watched him be awful. And also Mike Evans is having trouble a lot of times. Well, not a lot of times, but he has trouble with Lattimore at times. So he's also not 100%. So if you're going to go this route, I do have one Tom Brady team and the one Tom Brady team are with Godwin and Brown and completely off of Evans. Also because you get savings on top of it. I know Godwin's only $300 cheaper, but that was part of the appeal when I put him in there is the $300 cheaper and the recency bias of people being pissed off. So I have a Godwin. And you know what? I had a second team where I was starting to go Godwin, Brown, and Gronkowski because Gronkowski just put up a zero, which was the first time. Th- what was it? Week two was the last time he didn't really do much. So I put a team like that because that's where you get some of your opportunities as people are pissed off that got burned like myself. It was like, you know, that's why I was saying it's not just that I was pissed off at Ronald Jones. It's just I hate using that backfield. But I do think that Godwin and Antonio Brown are intriguing if I was going to stay away from one by Mike Evans. But... Maybe that's the play. Maybe we find out. Maybe we get around to, you know, this weekend and find out that Mike Evans is down at four or five percent. And then you throw some Mike Evans in there because of that. Uh, Mike Evans currently projects around 10 percent. It's still yeah, very you can early. Get me half that. It's still very early. You're not going to get half that. Just it's too small of a slate. Just guys aren't that half that. Hmm. It, it just there's not there's could. not that many combinations. What we're seeing is like. The top three receivers, Diggs, Adams, and Thomas, are all going to be over 30% owned. So that does create some value. Like, a low-owned guy in a week like this is like 11%. Uh, and I think that's what you're going to see. Almost all of the Bucks receivers come in around somewhere between 8 and 15%, depending on how the sentiment actually goes on these guys. No one really wants to touch the Tampa offense, which I find really curious, because by the handle, they are the most backed underdog of the week. Yeah. So, all right. I get what you're saying, but you're telling me that you don't think we can get down to. Yes. To, yes. The guy. The guys plan. that are three thousand dollars that no one wants to use. Yes, they will be five percent owned. Kadero Hodge. But that's will be what I'm 3% saying. You don't, owned. But you like, don't think people Mike, you would think about using are not going to be. It, just, it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> well, no. I know. But so this was going to say. So Mike Evans limited on practice again on Friday. You still think will be ten percent? Yes. Okay. Look. You know. You're the DraftKings expert, so I'll defer to you on that one. I felt like he could get into the single digits if he's limited on the practice again on Friday. So either way, I think I guess he comes into the conversation if he's by far the lowest of the three, but I'm sticking with Godwin and Brown mostly to go back to that. There is only one tight end on this slate who projects as a positive points per dollar value. Do you know who that player is? Mm, okay. Shouldn't have to look Tanya. shouldn't have to look far. Tanya. It's Travis Kelsey, and everyone else is a negative play. <laughs> <laughs> at 78? Yeah. Look, it's like Travis, he's, Kelsey. He's, Travis Kelsey. At, he's so much better than everyone else on this slate. I know, but he's the third highest wide receiver if you put him in that range. I mean, it w- I guess it comes down to, and it depends on how you build your teams. Like if Josh Allen is your quarterback, obviously you're going to use Stefan Diggs. But if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, you're going to use Kelsey over Diggs. But that's the problem. If you're going with Patrick Mahomes to do a Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you're toast. 
you're, you're, you're the rest of your life. I tried to build one of those lineups. No, I you, went for one you, of those. You, you, can, it, you can build one of those lineups. Uh, it's gross, though. But you like you have to keep expanding on that stack. Like You have to use Hardman as a part of that stack as well, just for the saving. Right. You're going to have to use a Willie Sneed uh, as your flex play and, in that lineup. And Hodge. Yeah, potentially Hodge, too, or you just use like the crummiest running backs of all time. <laughs> oh, that's the... I think that's my biggest concern is getting into the range of these running backs. Do you really want to go the route if you're starting Singletary and one of those other guys? That's the problem. Like, could you imagine going Singletary and Fournette or Singletary and Daryl Williams? I mean, I guess it could work. And maybe that's what you do. Maybe you throw Daryl Williams in that stack as well. Yeah, let's see how that works out. Throwing D Willie, D Willie style in there. And I got 4,400 left to pick a defense. Let's just pick... That defense, um, and now we have $4,900 left over. I know I want to use Cam Akers, so let's chuck Cam Akers into that mix. All right, we got $4,600. We got $4,600 left for two tight ends or for a flex and two wide receivers. So we can go with Sneed if we want to. Chuck him in there. Now probably use Higgins because I like Higgins. And for my flex play, I got $6,500 left. So there you go. You can make it work. Oh, the, the point of making the stack with the Chiefs is I think that the Chiefs score way more points than everyone else this week. And if you do think that, then you're going to need these guys. <laughs> you will. But again, that, the problem is you can't miss on a single one. No, but if they're the team that scores 48 points this week and no other team gets above 30, you're going to have to have the Chiefs. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what do you honestly think? As you, Pat Mayo, what do you think the Chiefs are scoring this week? 45. Okay, so you're I, on this. If, so if, if, on. They, if they don't score, like, all of the points this week, I think they're going to lose. <laughs> like, if they play a game like they Boy, did against... the Chiefs? Yeah, like, if they play a game like they did against the Falcons in Week 16, they're going to lose to the Browns. That's, I don't think they're going to lose. I think they're just... They're finally going to be like, yeah, it's playoffs, let's go, and they're just going to light it up. What do you think the Browns do, honestly, then? Play catch up and you score think like, it's like 20? A f- I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's like 45? To, actually, I was going to say 45 to 20. Yeah, something like that. Uh, 20, 45, 24 or something. Okay. Like, I think the lower so take- scoring the game, the massive advantage it gives to the Browns. I guess my biggest thing is I don't think the Browns can do that. I don't I, think I, they can keep I, it. I, I agree with you, but you know, we've seen the Chiefs just play these like just be bad for like two quarters and be like, what the hell is going on here with the chiefs? And so you're taking, you're taking the chiefs cover the chiefs point total and the in the title, the entire over under for this game. You're taking all three. Yeah. I'm actually probably just going to tease down the chiefs. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to lay the 10 because the chiefs have been really bad against the spread this year. They're six and 10. That's all anybody keeps talking about. Yeah. But at this point too, if that's the one thing that everyone keeps talking about, the Browns get a little bit of buzz. I don't think anyone's really taking them all that seriously, but I could see myself uh, teasing, doing a six point teaser uh, or even well, a seven here, point on. teaser and bringing the chiefs down to four or three and then bringing the total down to like 51. So I retweeted Kyle Soppy. you know him. We used to work with him. Uh, he put this out there because everybody is talking about the Patrick Mahomes. He said, much is being made about Patrick Mahomes being five and seven against the spread when it's a 10 plus point favorite. But Baker Mayfield is 0 and four against the spread when it's over seven points, not even 10 points. So 
There you go. Nobody's talking about the side of it. Is that Baker Mayfield's 0-4 against 7+. plus? No, what you have to remember is that people are only going to talk about the, the, the side of the game they actually want to bet. If they're looking for justifications for betting the Browns, they're only going to tell you about the Mahomes part. <laughs> Sure. I just, but that's why I'm bringing it up because for everybody out there, information wise, like the fact is that's where I, I took the chiefs and Brandon Funston was pushing back on me. And I was like, Oh, I'm so glad Kyle tweeted this out. Cause good. In your face. To, yeah. There's not many places I can save money in this lineup. Is there, we didn't place? really, we, we didn't really talk about it. Are you, are you I, I'm, I'm off woods mostly because of Jerry Alexander, because I know you can, we made the whole argument on the flip side is like, you can get away. Devonta Adams, you can get away. You can get away. But Jerry Alexander's top five corner and Robert Woods is really all they have, whether or not Cooper cup is out there Yeah, because Robert Woods actually spends more out time outside than even Cooper cup does on top of it. So Jerry Alexander is going to be on him almost essentially a shadow. Yeah, I know. I can see. That. I have no interest in playing Woods. Like realistically, the only okay. guy. The well, you only, skipped over his name. Yeah, it just, that was pretty intentional. I think on my part, it just can't, <laughs> play Cam Akers. Play Cam Akers. Rams defense. Pair those two up together and just be on your way. Well, are we going quarterback or tight end next? We're we're gonna go where where we've we've been talking about tight end. We already moved to tight end six minutes ago, according to my time notes. Uh, but if it's not Kelsey, oh, okay. If it's not we we talked about Kelsey, then Chiefs stack. So I guess we can reset a little okay. on tight ends here. Um. Yeah, Kelsey seventy eight. Then it goes to Andrews at five thousand. I think Andrews is a fine play. Uh, maybe someday he'll learn how to not drop touchdowns, and that would be fantastic. <laughs> but here we are. If it's not Kelsey, who is it for you? I mean, you you scoffed at my Dawson Knox last week. By the way, like I scoffed at your James Washington. You scoffed at my Dawson Knox. That is true. So hey, we we both hit at our scoffs. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Hooper. Really, when it comes down. Well, no. So what, the reason I scoffed at Knox is because even when he scores a touchdown, it's still almost nothing. So, yeah, but he was like twenty bucks. He made lineups work. Right. Sure. So I think Hooper is going to be very popular, and for a fine reason. He's been on a double-digit streak and catching touchdowns for a while now, and it's against Kansas City, who that's where everybody's going to see the thirty-first. They know they're vulnerable against tight ends. Hooper's going to be a massive play, and I'm not faulting it. Like I have no problem because he's still only 3,800. So even if he is chalk at 3,800, no problem with it. I think Tanyan, if you can get up to him, would be the interesting way to go, especially because if you're going to go, if you're going to go there, Rogers Adams stays great and avoid. You know he doesn't get the letdown against Ramsey, and you want to hit this game again, then maybe you go with Tanyan instead of Valdez Scantling or Alan Lazard because I do think both of them are going to struggle. Uh, again, I'm with you on the Valdez Scantling, but again, two catches for 70 yards and a touchdown is really what has to happen. So I'm looking at Hooper or Tanyan. And I'm going to go back to what you said last week. I, I know he's frustrating. And I know he keeps pissing everybody off, but if somebody's going to hit 20 points and it's not Kelsey, it Gronk. is Mark Andrews. I was going to say Gronk. Gronk hasn't hit 20 points this year. At all? Didn't he have a two-touchdown game? At all. No, we looked at we did, but he only I think he topped out at 17. We looked at that last week. Hmm. He had oh, he that's what it was. 19.8 against Detroit. So we'll give him 20 points. So he's done it once because the rest of it was the next highest score was 14. And he's only hit triple digits three times out of that 20 point game. Okay. But but my point was is I'm with what you everybody wants to rewind and go watch the show or not. What you were bringing up about Mark Andrews last week is why I think that Andrews at 5,000 is still intriguing this week because he still can go for 80 to 100 yards with a touchdown, 70, 80 yards, and two touchdowns if Lamar Jackson's going his route. And it's against Buffalo, which we expect both these teams to be able to score this week. And at 5K, you said last week he could be the slate breaker. 
he could if he catches two touchdowns at 5,000. So my biggest problem here is the ownership on Andrews. Like, Kelsey's going to be far and away the highest owned tight end. Is it high? And then it's Mark Andrews by a lot over everyone else. Like, Hooper's not chalky right now. That's surprising. Okay. Well, then I'm on Hooper. (laughs) If you're going to... If that's the way things are going, then yeah, Hooper and maybe even Tanyan, as I said. But I, I thought people would be pissed off about Mark Andrews and off of him now. No, could just could you look at the other names here and like who on this list besides Kelsey hasn't pissed you off? Mm, Hooper hasn't pissed anybody off in a while. Yeah, but he's not putting when up. Was those... last time, when was the last time Hooper didn't do something? Was it week 10, would be my guess? 11? Maybe so, but it seems like he is the same. He put up 17 last week. So he went 17, 13, 14, 15. Oh, week 13. Yeah, four points against Tennessee. Yeah. So 15, 14, 13, 15, 14, 17. 14, 14, 17. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He, he's been really good. Um, I, I like him a lot. Uh, I'm curious to see where his final ownership ends up coming in, but he is a nice way to save money here. And like you're not going with either of the Rams tight ends, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Higby, if I had to, but I don't think that you have to. Have I? I just feel like one of them is going to catch a touchdown this week. <laughs> no one will be using either of them, so pick your poison. If I you know want that's to. why. Higby. Well, so that well, why don't we bring up my question? You so you brought this up last week. So if you're going to do this, if if you are going to roll the dice on a Rams tight end, wouldn't you just take the cheaper one? Yes and no. I've. In certain spots, yes, but if there's not a huge differentiation in their price point, there's not, it's 300 bucks. If you're going to tell me that one of these guys scored 20 points, the answer is Tyler Higby. Okay. Like, do you, like... I got to tell you. Like, would you, it, it, would you ever pick Gerald Everett in that circumstance where if you're looking for only upside, you would go Higby, wouldn't you? Like, he might score zero, but he at least has the potential to get up there. Absolutely. And Higby's the one that, if you're going to say caught three touchdowns, because he has, yeah. would be the one. Yeah, like Everett, so, if, you need, say, if you need two catches for eight yards, Gerald Everett's your man. <laughs> On five targets. Yeah, uh, but if you need, not, if you need if not a zero, it's probably Everett. <laughs> sure, sure. Can I, get, can I give you my complete dice roll at tight end now? Sure. So like, I went to get throw it out there twice. You brought up Njoku before. If Njoku is out, 2,500 Harrison Bryant is worth a dart. And he's back, right? Yep. Right. That's why. He was like back it. last week. I like it. Let's do it. Let's fire him up. Get out of here, Njoku. Let's play some Harrison Bryant. <laughs> it worked out that one time. Uh, amazing that one time. He's still Harrison Bryant had seven targets last week. All right, then let's go. Let's get on. Either last week or his last game. It was last week, right? Because that's what I'm saying. He returned last week, I'm pretty sure. I thought he missed last week. No, that was... Everything no, just that was clouds together. Everything just clouds together in my mind at this point. <laughs> so, and now people are trying to start, talk baseball with me. And I'm like, no! Not yet! <laughs> I need my brain to... <laughs> we had to clean out my brain for a few weeks first. It was week 16. It was the last time he played. Harrison Bryant had seven targets. So there okay. you go. Quarterbacks, I mean, we've kind of talked through this anyway. I think you really need to narrow it down to who you think is going to score the most points this week. Lamar is the second highest owned quarterback. Mahomes is up at 8,000. Josh Allen is 7,400. I I don't see a circumstance where Josh Allen is not the highest owned quarterback on this slate because he's the cheapest of the big three. Maybe uh, people are too scared off by the Rams defense with Rodgers. But for me, I'm going to play Mahomes or Allen in every lineup. And I'm just going to go down with the highest scoring fantasy quarterbacks on this slate. I mean, Lamar by himself. Lamar Jackson anyway. I'm not because I think that the Bills are going to win. And that doesn't mean that if the Ravens 
don't win that Lamar can't be the highest scoring quarterback. He most definitely can. But if I think that those two teams have the best offenses left, they can score a lot of points. Everything runs through them. So those would be the two that I would want to go down with here. I can certainly see that. I I think that you can make the argument because you always talk about, you know, to talk it through your mind and how these things come to fruition. Then you could talk it out and say, you know, the Ravens had their, you know, they got hit on the chin. Lamar Jackson got hit on the chin last year, looked better in that first game, despite he didn't even throw for a touchdown. He still had 20 something points because he was running so much that the Ravens are the better playoff team this year than the Bills. And it's, you know, Bills look good in week one, but now it's the Ravens and the Ravens come out and surprise and win. 31 to 14, 17, and oh, they're I, just the better team. I am not going to be shocked if the Ravens beat up on the Bills here, but I, I'm, again, I'm trying to see how this plays out in my mind. I actually like that the Bills stumbled a little bit last week. They did not bring their A game, but they were able to survive with their C-plus game. If they show up with their A game, they're going <laughs> to beat the shit out of the Ravens, who didn't look good. They, they didn't look good last week. They barely got by Tennessee, who did everything to sabotage themselves. Uh, you're not wrong, but Tennessee just is, they, I think the announcer said it during the game. They said, this feels like a rivalry, even though it's not, they're not even division rivals or whatever. But I, I think that Tennessee just knows what to do against Baltimore. Maybe the bills follow that same game plan and just know what to do as well. Do you know what you do against Baltimore? Never run the ball, go four wide every play and just pass. <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's, the fact that they stopped Derrick Henry and forced that and Tennessee didn't try to take more advantage of it was a little bit surprising, especially with how A.J. Brown was looking in that game. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Tennessee could have won that game. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the low-owned guy of the top end. Just I think a lot, like you said, the Rams are the kind of the popular sleeper play, upset pick of the week. But I do think that people feel like this game is going to be an under either way and that kind of takes both those teams out of it in terms of overall upside right. not to say i mean rogers threw for 40 touchdown passes like he could definitely throw four touchdowns in this game and throw for 181 yards because that's stuff that he does from time to time and kills aaron jones along the way whenever he does that breeze is the one that really <laughs> i find interesting here fifty six hundred dollars completely unowned if anyone's going to use a quarterback in that game it's going to be brady but the last time these teams played before breeze got hurt he threw four touchdowns yeah, and I think if we knew Taysom Hill was banged up again, like I would feel a little bit better about it. But I, I think that's the biggest issue is just Drew Brees, you know, Kamara, why do you need to lean on Brees? And then they bring in Taysom Hill. and that. So I guess that's your argument of getting him low-owned. But I'm more on Rodgers because I'm looking at this, and I was going to bring this up. If you look at his entire schedule, you argue San Francisco and then the two Chicago games are his three toughest games. That's that's what you would argue because Minnesota twice, Denver or Detroit twice, Atlanta, and you can go through. Tampa Bay was the one stinker that he really let everybody down. That was that was the most awful game that he had, the thirty-eight to ten loss. But if you look at San Francisco and Chicago twice, I bring them up because what do you do in those three games? Four touchdowns, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. If I'm going for these two plays, I'm going for who could surprise and really destroy everything because of how people are leaning. I think there's a lot more people leaning to your argument with the Rams and the under, and then the Rams are the upset pick and blah, 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 that Rodgers would be my play over Breeze because I think Breeze is going to have enough people on him in the fact that they could do it. It's the Buccaneers. They're not so scary. So I'm going more Rodgers than I would Breeze for the argument of who could be the more surprising play. 
Okay, I think that ends up making sense. You say uh, the love that Baker is going to get in this spot. I understand using Baker here. It affords you all of the Chiefs players plus the Browns players. Like, you just completely stack up that game and give it a go. Out of the cheap guys, he should be the play. Like, I'll probably end up playing the same version of my Mahomes lineup, but insert Baker at quarterback and just get get rid of Daryl Williams and get Elvin Kamara instead. And I think I have a lineup that's pretty much similar. That was going to be my point as well. It's like, if you are going to do that, because I wanted to see where a lot of, when I did Hulkless show on Monday, you know, a lot of people in his chat and I've mentioned him a lot of times, you know, you kind of see how the week goes and it's different. But at the beginning of the week, that was a lot of things. Oh, Baker Mayfield is, you you get him such a discount. Look at what he just did. He's been playing great under pressure, blah, blah, blah. If this game's going to be 30, 30, 40, 40. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's the way you go. You go Tyreek Hill, you get Travis Kelsey, you get both of them. And then you bring it back with Baker Mayfield and maybe you just play Landry anyway, but you know, Landry and Higgins or Higgins and Hodge and Hooper, and then you get Kamara into that lineup and you still have five, six guys from this game. Yeah, I actually like that a bit. I still want to build the Mahomes version of that lineup, but that's like the tier two version of that lineup. And then you hope that the that Kelsey and Hill <laughs> do all the scoring for the Chiefs. They get up like 35 nothing, and then Baker just kind of airs it out the rest of the game. I was just thinking, I was laughing because I was thinking video games when you said that. I was like, Patrick Mahomes would be the S class and the Baker Mayfield would be A class. Everybody out there understands who plays video games. I don't, so I don't get it. I was thinking more like Mercedes. <laughs> oh, no. no oh, you're going to get t- Tim on for that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not a luxury car, so. Uh, I was going to say, Mercedes is for cheap homeless people, apparently. Come on. <laughs> yeah, according to Tim. Defenses, before we get out of here, the Pack are the most expensive at 39. The Browns are the least expensive at 23. I'm guessing everyone's using the Rams. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are using the Rams. I'm at, I'm kind of off the Rams for what I just said about Rodgers. I, I, Rodgers could easily throw three touchdowns against the Rams. Yes, the Rams can limit and stop and do a lot of things, and it is scary, and we all think you know there's a potential for the under to easily hit, but if one's going to go wrong... 2,600, I just, because so many people are going to be on it. Do you have the projections on it? Because I just felt like it was going to be the highest. And for that reason, I'm off of it. Uh, They are the highest, but it's not substantially slow. There's like the seven teams in general are all pretty flat. And then like no one's using the brands. Okay. Well, yeah, nobody should use them. I Is there any scenario in the world where you see the Browns bringing a positive defensive score? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, defenses are... Well, I'm not talking like two or three points. No, I'm talking oh, about yeah, like, yeah, I can position. see the Browns. I mean, teams get a fumble recovery touchdown and a return touchdown in a game, and all of a sudden they score 18 points. Like, I remember when the Chiefs yeah. used to be like the worst team ever uh, in like the, or like the mid-2000s. They weren't the worst team ever, but they would go up into these like higher-scoring games because their offense could move the ball and the other team was always passing. They had a legit bad defense. But they were like the number two-scoring fantasy defense because they would end up with a pick six here or Dante Hall would return a touchdown. Like, shit happens on defense like if well that was also that was also dante hall which helped at the time <laughs> sure but like is jarvis landry still returning punts for them uh i don't know if it's 100 percent of the time i mean like he could return a punt for a touchdown he's he's done it he's a good returner how many times the punts return a touchdown is actually happening? it, it doesn't days. but again you're if you're looking for a case like i don't think it's impossible that the browns score like 18 points here and still get waxed in this game yeah, sure. I, I just I'm, I'm also looking through it. I think the Saints are intriguing at 3,300. If you don't want to go up to the Packers, but you don't want to drop all the way down to the Rams, obviously they're in the middle. But I think 
they're intriguing because they can get pressure. They do get turnovers. Actually, what did they do the first time against Tom Brady? I feel like, didn't they get a couple turnovers against Tom Brady the first time or second time? The second time, yeah, I think the, so. The, the more recently one, yeah. Well, well they won the game like 38 to 3. To three. <laughs> I, I, yeah, they had I three interceptions they, in there. I assume they scored well in that game. Let me go check it out. Saints. Yeah. Both both matchups. Week one, two interceptions, three sacks, and then three sacks and three interceptions in the second go-around. I think uh, the Tampa, are intriguing. T- Tampa Bay, week nine, they scored 16 DraftKings points. Week one against Tampa Bay, they scored 17 DraftKings points. So if you bring him back, Kamara and Saints, you could. Yeah, it's just the the Rams are, are the cheapest good defense, and they just allow you to do more with your lineup. What about the Bills? I mean, Lamar Jackson's almost guaranteed to like throw an interception right now. Maybe. Even what about the Ravens if Josh Allen melts down? Like you can you can make a compelling case for all seven. Like I don't like the Packers as the highest price team because their defense is just like objectively bad. But everyone else, I think you can make a compelling case for if you want. Well, to. see. I go back to the Rams. That's the other reason I don't like Rams because Aaron Rodgers is not objectively bad and doesn't turn the ball over. That's my biggest concern with the Rams as well. Yeah, but you're again, it's the price that comes down to the Rams that you know that even if Donald is 50 percent, that he's going to cause a ruckus. And we haven't seen Rodgers playing behind this now depleted offensive line. So you put up a really good defensive line against a weak ish right now. He's we just going to throw it away. Maybe he will, but we've seen Aaron Rodgers have bad games, and the difference between the two defenses is that one is 2,600, one is 3,900. No, I wasn't saying go to the Packers. I'm just saying why I'm off on the Rams. Then don't use the Rams. That's all. You, you never like to take a I risk. Just, I know, but we're you, talking. You, you realize that in your lineups, you're going to have to take a few games. No. You're like no, the chalkiest player on earth. Shit. You're so cowardly. That, that is the whole. You're so yeah. cowardly. All the comments I got back. All the comments I got back last week was like, Jake is such a chalk donkey. Put him in a $5 double up. Okay. Well, all those can eat my ass. <laughs> How about that? Because <laughs> I won money with Tyler Haneke. We just did an entire show talking about a bunch of guys in the three or $4,000 range. Are you going to use them? I will. I'm looking. I have my lineups right now. I just told. I will go get my Tyler Haneke lineup. Oh, you're so mad! You're so mad, Chalk Donkey Jake. <laughs> I love it, Jake. I'm just giving you a hard time. You know what? You know what? Next week when we do the show, we won't talk about any of the high price players. How about that? Perfect. I like it. Sleepers. 4, sleepers 4, only. And lower. Sleepers only. It's just like yeah, when you used to play Gold Knight, you got slappers everybody's wondering only. why they burned, they put their six hundred dollars into DraftKings and burned it out in three weeks, and wondering why. Then then come crying to me about your oh, I didn't give you enough sleepers. I love it, Jake Seely. Harass him on Twitter at All In Kid, but mainly check out his work on theAthletic.com. What is your playoff schedule for like content at the Athletic? I have a week off next week finally, Ooh. so I can breathe and think. Very nice. <laughs> I just I just did an awards column. That was the fun one. Awards with video game style awards instead of what everybody else does and just like, oh, sleeper of the year, waiver pickup of the year. I gave them video game themes as I do. And then what comes the week after the week off, there's the way too early 2021 rankings. I mean, when you do your rankings, we'll have to come on and talk about that because I'm very curious how the top five actually shapes out. Do you have Cook at number two? I haven't even started on them yet. Just, just thinking it out right now. Like McCaffrey's still number one. <laughs> yes, I think you'd be crazy not to have McCaffrey at one. 
I would I agree with you. I, I've already made that argument on another show that Christian McCaffrey should still be number one, and people will argue against it. And I understand why. Well, what what is the pushback to it? Like the guy got hurt this year in the three games that he played. I think he averaged like thirty dra- thirty points per game. <laughs> well, I yeah, but you have the people victory lapping that they said at the beginning of the year that oh, I just felt an injury coming. It's all that work and that and blah 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 and all that type of stuff. So people are idiots. Like I I can see that you think that Cook is better. And they do very similar things. They're both used the same way. Uh, I would push back and be like, no, McCaffrey's a better fantasy player. <laughs> and you get the same people who will be like, and then look at Barkley. You got hurt two years in a row because of like blah, blah, blah. So like, I'm just telling, I'm, I'm not saying these are my things. I'm just telling you the arguments people throw out there. But what you said is people are idiots. So if, I, honestly, the number two is the most interesting one because I think you can make a case for Camara, depending on his situation. I think you can make a case even in half point PPR, if you want to go with Derrick Henry, but people are going to say, oh, Derrick Henry, 370, that 370 number matters so much. You can make a case that similar to Christian McCaffrey when Saquon Barkley was healthy, was putting up great numbers. So, hell, Ezekiel Elliott was top four before Dak Prescott got hurt. And I'm not saying I would put him at number two. I'm just saying you can make a case for a lot of people. I probably would lean Dalvin Cook thinking it through right now with you, but again, I haven't done him completely yet. You're not going to go David Montgomery, number one? Best fantasy running back ever? Oh, 100%. I thought that was a given. We were starting the draft after him. Oh, oh my guy, Antonio Williams, was fourth in fantasy points per game this year. In his one game? Yeah, 21 points. <laughs> are you sort, oh, are you sorting by fantasy points per game? <laughs> yeah, fantasy points per game. It went McCaffrey, Cook, Camara, Antonio <laughs> Williams, Henry. This is for half point. Henry. I can't believe Aaron Jones was still 17 points per game. It just didn't feel that way. That's because he pulls the, it's the Amari Cooper argument. It, he shows up when he doesn't have to, or he shows up when the matchup's not great. And then he doesn't show up when the matchup is. And then he shows up sometimes. It, it's just, he's not predictable. And it's mostly because it's the Packers fault. I love Aaron Jones, the player. I've said a billion times. I hate Aaron Jones, the Packer. I actually hope he's on another team next year. Well, he probably will be. I mean, I, look at, I, I doubt that look they at his fantasy points per game. Yeah, for his fantasy, I think a better thing for Aaron his fantasy, Jones. His fantasy points per game, he aver- in half-point PPR, he averaged 17 points per game. No, no, no. I was saying more look at his game log. Like He's oh. a good player to say how many times did he finish top 10 because you got 15, 44, 15, 19, 11, 10, 12, 15, 9, 22, 8, 23, 11, 16. So it's how many times did he finish top 10 would be a more interesting thing for Aaron Jones. Yeah, and it feels like even with him that if he finishes inside the top 10, he actually finishes inside the top five. Maybe this is all a case to play Aaron Jones this week. That Hopefully it's one of those weeks. Well, that's why there's always an intriguing play. Aaron Jones had a better year last year because I mean, he also scored a lot more touchdowns. But that's why, because Aaron Jones could always put up 30 points if the Packers just would lean on him. But it's whether or not that what's what the Packers want to do in a given week. Hmm. All right. Jake Saley, when's baseball Free start? Aaron Jones. When, when does baseball start for you? I don't know. Ask Rob Manfred. <laughs> we don't know because we don't know if preseason starting or spring training is starting. Look, like, I'm still in football mode. We don't know when spring training is starting, if they're having 162 games. Normally, it would be February, the first two weeks of February, but nobody knows right now. Yeah, it can't stop you from doing like content about it, though. It, to a certain degree, there's only so much because well, you want the peek behind the curtain. You get People just aren't that interested. Last year is just that dead lull. And they're just they want to wait. Well, what, what do you, uh, why do you think I gave up baseball six years ago, Jake? Because no one was interested. Well, I only do like 10% nowadays. It's mostly my rankings and projections. And then once a week, I get yelled at for updating my rest of season rankings. 
Yeah, and the people that are haven't still, you seen blah blah blah? And, and the people that are like still into baseball at this point are way too into baseball. Dude, like a perfect example, Lucas Giolito last year. Nobody thought he was going to do anything, and after his first couple starts, I moved him up at just starting pitcher. I moved him up like forty spots to like starting pitcher twenty six or twenty eight somewhere around there. How do you not have Lucas Giolito inside the top fifteen? And I'm like. Good God. Like, we're really doing this. All three starts. You got to. It was very can short. you tell I'm excited for baseball? I, I can tell. <laughs> I, you got to get your, your anger out now so you can be very happy for baseball. You're doing a lot of olds when it comes to baseball. You, you got me angry with this stupid chalk crap. That's why. <laughs> my, my entire job now is just winding people up. It's great. <laughs> anyway, at All In Kid. <clears throat> on Twitter at theathletic.com to find everything from Jake. He'll be back next week to break down the slate. For me, you should get ftndaily.com, code mail, use the optimizer, use the projections, and you can find all of the work that are up there in terms of picks. If not, you can check out the other football shows that I have up on Mayo Media Network right now. Please like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, and review the podcast if you're listening to the audio version. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck in the divisional round. I'll see you next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.